Hi, this is Tamson Granger. This is Dan Abuhop. With Tamson and Dan, read the paper. It's Sunday, May 26, 2019, and it's a special, special day. We're in Greenville, South Carolina for the wedding of... You'll get it. Ale- what? <laughs> Go ahead. Elena Granger and Brendan Casabon. That's probably right. That's good. And uh, we got here just yesterday. Turns out Greenville is a delightful place. Well, first of all, it's a hell of a lot bigger than I thought it was. Oh, it is. It's huge. It's like it's like a big city. We've just been in one little corner. I'm telling you, it's it's teeming with people. But it's very nice. It's extremely nice. I I agree. And we have special guests today. Yeah. Okay. We have Brian and Jen Granger and Brandon and Courtney Granger. Okay. Who are going to uh, help us out with some conversations? You say it, it sounds exciting. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, they are. It is exciting. It is exciting. Well, they're, they're here. They're the cousins here for the wedding. They're, they're right. Both. They're, they're our cousins. They're our cousins. Our cousins. Yeah. yeah. Um, nephews, nieces, whatever. Sons of the famous Bryce Granger. That's yes. true. And uh, we, you know, we're always giving Bryce uh, advice. Props is the word you're yeah. looking for. Props. And yes. uh, okay, <laughs> and we'll be giving him some more ideas today. Um, and. You guys have been in Greenville for a while. Yep. Since 93 or 94. 93. Wow. So it must have changed a lot since 93. Yeah, it's really blown up. Mm-hmm. This downtown area, as you see, is very nice and charming. Didn't always used to be that way, but... The hotel we're staying in, I understand, was boarded up Yeah. at that time. That's right. And the, this whole area has become kind of a pedestrian... Mm-hmm. You know, food destination. Yeah. Absolutely. And we went to that uh, great uh, river park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Falls Park, which, yeah, I think was put there in 2002, 2003. So even that is not too old. But yeah, it used to be nothing down there. You know? Very industrial mm-hmm. and exactly. uh, fantastic municipal project. Yep. And it's beautiful. I mean, uh, it is nice, yeah. Frederick Law Olmsted, eat your heart out. <laughs> it is uh, really wonderfully designed. And mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, uh, beautifully maintained. It's about 15 years old, Bryce said. And yeah. it's really just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Walking trails, yeah. etc. And families down there, runners down there. Yep. Um, really, And I saw a woman walking her two dogs and her parrot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've been really enjoying it so far. Um, so we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. Yeah. Right? Well, Anything else you wanted to say about Greenville? No. Betty Buckley's in town. For Hello Dolly. Have you, Hello got, Dolly. you guys seen Hello Dolly? Did no. you notice no. it's there? Well, Hello <laughs> Dolly, get your foot scanned. Well, Everyone's very Put assertive. Put on your like, Sunday was, clothes. Was that you haven't seen it, you're, you're not going to see it, you don't want to see it, you're sorry it's in town. Which is it? I think it's all of the above. Oh, oh, my. God. So we saw Hello Dolly in New York. It was really great. But, well, and, not with Betty Buckley, but even so. Okay. Uh, so one of the exciting things that's going on in this family is that Jen and Brian are expecting. Yeah. So we can't miss the uh, opportunity to tell them how to raise their children. We, <laughs> yeah. uh, with we, that in mind, uh, Jen, we had Jen read an article about raising a prodigy. Yes. Uh, who's that article by? Well, it's by the same guy who wrote the book. David Epstein. Right. So he wrote this, but that's why he's just promoting his book in the Times about uh, the difference between raising a, a prodigy and one way or another, right? Right. And so what did you get out of that article, Jen? Yes, I got out of the article, you want a child prodigy, but not the way you think. So a lot of parents are telling kids early, here, here's a harp, stick with the harp from age four. But really it's like, here's a bunch of instruments. Pick which one you want to do. 
and get kind of good in all of them, and then eventually something will pop for you. Uh, they cited Tiger Woods as like the exception to the rule because Tiger Woods knew really early on I like golf. But well, yeah, but his the, the question is, his dad handed him a golf club when he was still in the roly poly walker chair, seven months old. Yeah, yeah. Well, the article it was like mixed messaging. I felt because no, no, it, no, no, it, it, it did yeah. say like he showed an aptitude for golf. So right. okay, and like Mozart, right? But otherwise, it's here's a variety of options. So at the end, Take David does say Epstein does say that if your child wants to do it, that's fine. But don't think you have to set them on a particular route. Right. Because the studies show that uh, the real successes, the more successful mature athletes are the ones who have uh, sampled a variety of... Uh, and they're less likely to quit, right? Yeah. Like yeah they they, they don't get burned out. out. It guess. did make me think about a book I talk about a lot, but I've never actually read fully. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Is anyone yeah, read that? Yeah, Grader's read. Okay, Grader's so, read like, yeah. that there's other factors, right? So it's like the best hockey players are born in one of two months because they were the youngest in the league or the oldest in the league. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, right? So I was curious how that... Oh, there are a lot of factors. Right, but, interact. Yeah. And, of course, this doesn't just go for athletics, he points out. Uh, it goes for all kinds of academic pursuits, art, right? technology, uh, music whatever, that uh, the, uh, the people who specialize intensely start out great guns out of the gate, but within a few years, um, other people who are slower to get into the game uh, seem to surpass them in salary uh, and advancement, etc. That there's a certain value to having a variety of experiences um, that kind of fuel. Which makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does this mean I should cancel those newborn <laughs> piano lessons? No. Keep we out. did have a concert pianist coming in yes. to the uh, birth room Spent to start. A lot of money money. If, if baby Granger strides up to the piano and uh, demands to Don't play, no. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll find a more <laughs> lucrative career. <laughs> All right. So, of course, uh, Bryce being Mr. Mechanical Nuts, Probably forced you guys at gunpoint. That's uh, right. That's the problem. That's yeah. the really what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys uh, wanted to play piano. And uh, <laughs> exactly. he forced you to do things like build motorcycles. Like yeah. 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 Famously, Bryce will tell you that one of the great experiences of his fatherhood yeah. was building a motorcycle with Brandon. And uh, so oh, no, no. we should pause here, Brandon. Was that one of the great experiences of your childhood? <laughs> it, 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 it certainly was. I, it's... I've built off of everything we did, so it was like a good foundation. <laughs> All right, good. I just wanted you to back them up on that. <laughs> yeah. It's public now. It's public record. And so uh, we kind of handed Brandon an article from the New York Times uh, by... Oh, well, it's not, forget it's by. I mean, it's, by, it's about a company that's uh, now making motorcycles on a very small scale. But what's interesting about that? It, uh, to me, there's a couple things. Having built a motorcycle and being a creator... Um, it was just fun to see something thought up and made still here in America. Um, it's you don't have to buy something from overseas that looks like everything else. You can you can find something here that's yeah uniquely different. Well, these guys said they were doing something else. The company's called Janus, right? Mm -hmm. And they, what was he doing before? He, he, he had a different career. Um, then he had a friend. And well, don't they. Um, they transitioned into mopeds and slowly built up. Oh, yeah. Motorcycles. Motorcycles. But they're trying to build a retro-style yes. motorcycle. Not You and Bryce built a chopper, 
Yeah. Okay. It, it was they were very popular at the time. Right. Yeah. We, we put all the but they've set their sights on crafting this retro style motorcycle and making it roadworthy, which meant it had to meet certain requirements. Um, EPA standards, which which usually um, deals with emissions out of the engine. Um, you, there's not too too much as far as um, regulation as building your own motorcycle says. We. We did the same thing. We we had um, raw steel stickle um, and bent it, cut it into an actual frame. So anyone can kind of do it. And uh, with South Carolina, it's a lot easier to title it. I don't know about other states. Okay. Um, well, well, so they don't build the motor. They've no, sourced they, a, mo they a motor. They motor from overseas. But they ha everything else is handcrafted. And who do they get to build it? They get it uh, from the Amish. From the Amish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and the Amish don't use any mechanized vehicles. Correct. They're, they're usually used what? to one horsepower bikes. And tell us your theory about why it turns, why the Amish might be the perfect people to handcraft even something uh, like motorcycle parts. Oh, the, uh, the article noted on it, but they're you know, really well known for making very high quality furniture. So when it comes to making a repeatable process to make the same tank fit every single motorcycle, um, you have to. You want it to be repeatable because you have to sell the tank if something happens to one, and you want it to bolt right up. So having a repeatable process is. is um, and they have a, a good work ethic and yeah. uh, pride in their uh, the quality of their crafting, etc. Right. They, they have limitations too. They won't work for a certain kind of power, right? Well, they don't use electricity, so what do they do? They didn't use the electrical grid, but they would use welders that were powered off diesel generators. Yeah. There at the local building. <laughs> that's, uh, that's and, the, and they had the, you know, the community <laughs> religious authorities approve this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so it's kind of interesting. These motorcycles are retro. They're cool. Right. Uh, they go about 70 miles an hour. Yeah, mm -hmm. and top speed, but that's good enough. And they cost $6,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which... Which is very good. Yeah, it's a good value <laughs> some for something handcrafted <laughs> like that. So again, I smell retirement <laughs> business. You got to it. First, you said it was going to be Bryce and Steve together. Now you're talking about uh, Bryce and Brandon together. Well, because Brandon shows such an interest, and he wants to do it. He wants yeah. to drop everything. And make that, that, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> but, and maybe Lorna will get involved too because. There was a, there was talk of Lorna and Bryce having some kind of forge or something. Uh, I think she's uh, uh, yeah. you know. Right. So we always do one obituary. Lee. So Nikki Lauda died this week, and so you know I never know what people remember or what they know. But I just uh, downstairs getting clear. Now you guys actually remember who Nikki Lauda was? He, he was a little before my time. He won his championships in the sixties. Uh, yeah, sixties and seventies. Yeah. Most of the knowledge I have of him came from a, a pretty good movie. Five years ago, um, the Ron Howard movie. Yep, and documented uh, yeah, the Rush, rivalry Rush. between uh, Nikki Lauda oh, and Jim James Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think Chris Hemsworth was in that. Wasn't Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it's crazy to me. We don't have to go into the details of Nikki Lauda, but I just remember it. And God knows, there's nobody less interesting in race car driving than I am. And yet, I was alive in the '60s and '70s, and Nikki Lauda was the guy with the world champion driver. And what I remembered, of course, is that he almost killed himself. You probably remember that, and there was no joke about that. They had the, the grisly details in the article. He lost, was, his, lost half his face. He had a terrible burn. But it was an accident. An accident during, okay. the, during one of the races, a Grand Prix race. And then he came back, and a few years later, he came in second for a championship, and then won the championship the year after. Yep. And he's just this determined, crazy guy. But, you know, he believed in what he was doing, and the uh, fantastic race car driver. He, he stayed very connected in the community. Um, Is that right? He was, was always coming out to racetracks, so 
he was always yeah they had they had a Watkins Glen had had a, had a racetrack Formula One it's upstate New York I guess yep. I don't know where the other ones are in the U.S. are there others in the U.S. Um, we we now have one out in Texas is that right and they they have the the USA Grand Prix out in Texas okay yeah I think of that as Europe but, you know uh, <laughs> no okay uh, all right. All right. Turmeric. We need a turmeric. We do that every week also. Um, turmeric, yes. Turmeric will cure everything. And now is uh, everybody's interested in turmeric cocktails. All right. Can you believe that? Um, it will it turns the drink a beautiful yellow. <laughs> and of course, as we know, uh, you know, it's an anti-inflammatory. And you know, we all have inflammation. And so it talks about these uh, different hip. Uh, um, uh, bartenders who are crafting these drinks, including one Jillian Vos, bar director and managing partner of the Dead Rabbit in Manhattan, which I'm sure we all are dying to go to. She uses <laughs> turmeric in her drink, the Watchtower, which also contains Irish whiskey, brandy, and yogurt. How, how could it possibly fail? <laughs> this sounds like that's quite the alcoholic smoothie. Um, <laughs> Not everybody is wild about turmeric in the drinks, uh, especially the bartenders, because it stains everything, which is super, yeah, super true. I, I happen to make ice cream with turmeric in yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, if you get it on the counter, it's a disaster. Um, so uh, they interview Sean Kenyon, owner of the bar Williams and Graham in Denver, um, who doesn't dispute the perceived health benefits but he also doesn't think that people should turn to cocktails to improve fitness, yeah. as you know, fabulous as that sounds. He says, I don't look for cocktails to be healthy. I look for cocktails to have booze in them, to be tasty and composed and balanced. Okay, so I think that's good advice. Uh, we will, uh, you know, if we want some fun, we'll have those drinks, but uh, we won't uh, um, design our fitness regimen around them. Okay. You, you had a food article? Yeah, Courtney and I were looking at a um, article, a review of a couple of uh, books. Um, one is uh, Julie Child, The Last Interview and Other Conversations. And it's just kind of fun uh, because it brings Julie Child back. Have you ever watched any Julia Child uh I have not. I'm actually not the chef in the family. Um, Brandon is definitely the cook, which he inherited from his mother. Um, my mom is a true Southern cook. I mean, she is loves her her butter and her sugar, um, which I thought was interesting about that. It, it does talk about the article talks about Julia Childs and her love of butter and her unashamed and unabashed right. love of Plus butter. Plus, her wonderful. Have you ever seen a Julia Child episode? Haven't. You should watch them. They're fun. And one of the great things about they mentioned here her plummy voice and her enthusiasm. And uh, she just had this great attitude about uh, you know don't ever let people uh, you know never apologize, never explain. You put it out there and you let them eat it. You know Brandon seems like a cook, but I remember the time I tried to serve him poached salmon, cold poached salmon, and uh, it was a total disaster. He said I thought it would be hot. You know, like, who wants cold fish? Um, so, but uh, probably he's grown since then. Maybe a little. Diversified. I don't know, I don't know if he would since still then. eat cold fish no. to this, this day. Okay, I, this he sushi. won't even do sushi. So. Okay, so, so that book was called Julia Child, The Last Interview and Other Conversations. There's another one called A Bite-Sized History of France, meaning food history of France, by Stéphane Hainaut, a French cheese monger. 
and his wife, Jenny Mitchell, an American academic. And uh, they really take you through the history of French food, starting with the Romans introducing the idea of vineyards to the French. So it's really the Italians who taught the French to make wine. That's interesting. So it's a fun book that gives you all kinds of little tidbits about uh, French food, uh, including um, the French McDonald's. Now, Brian and I were talking about you, you go to Europe, you see yeah. the McDonald's, and you don't oh, go. Okay, But turns out, in France, France is the second most profitable market for McDonald's. Okay, <laughs> It also turns out that the French version is not quite like the American version. They have croissants, they have baguettes, they have Roquefort burgers, <laughs> yum, and Le Croc McDou. Which is just funny because we were at a little French cafe in Greenville this morning, all ordering uh, croc messieurs, uh, etc. Et so that sounds kind of interesting, and it tells little de details like Napoleon giving cognac to his uh, uh, troops as a morale booster, and points out that uh, really uh, um, whiskey is more popular in uh, France now. Than like cognac. Yeah, so that would that sounds like a fun summer read, uh, actually. Uh, so that's just what I wanted to bring to the table. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, movies coming up. I don't know if anyone's anything that comes to their mind that they're looking for. I can tell you what Bryce was telling us he wants to see. Do you want to guess what Bryce wants to see? Do you have any idea? Is popular musician rocket man yeah. you guys are all over i can't right. believe it the new the elton john uh i'm shocked i'm saying the price yes. really 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 <laughs> we Quite spent a... many a car ride up to oh my Cranberry God. Yeah. with tapes of elton john on i see we had no idea that he was a uh, an elton john man. Yeah. yeah well it may have been that he only owned like two tapes and they <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's i think that's, that's probably it well then he made fine distinctions you know He's really, you have to listen to the recording, but Brian is not so great. <laughs> not so great. I go, really? He says, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he has all kinds of theories. He wants to see that movie. Anything else anybody want to see? John Wick 3. <laughs> John, John Wick France in the house. Oh, really? Well, John yeah. Wick, see, that's the strange thing about that. Every succeeding movie does better in that. Yeah. <laughs> two did better than one. Three does better than well, two. Well, I, I just saw John Wick 1 and 2 for the first time. Really? At home. And? Uh, and I really liked it. I don't is it, know is it a little on the violent side? It's very violent. A few times I have to close my eyes, I will admit. But the fight choreography is beautiful. Really? It's shot beautifully. Uh, yeah, I listened to a long interview with the director who who's like comes from stunt right. work. Right, right. Worked mm -hmm. with Keanu Reeves for a really long time. Yeah. So I want to see John Wick 3. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is a mystery to me. Although he, to he, a lot of people. Yeah, he's married to Winona Ryder, I guess. I didn't realize that. He that is. I... Don't know is true. I, I am. It is true. <laughs> is that is, really true? Yes. Apparently, Keanu Winona Ryder tells people. People don't realize it. But no. Winona Ryder makes it clear to people. Uh, you can check it. Go ahead. I was just. I'm going to check it. I'm going to check it. It's going to blow my mind. Circle. Okay. He has a lot of stock in a motorcycle company. Is that right? He's an avid motorcycle racer as well. All right. Well, well, just to take the movies in a different direction, Tamsin found an article about John Waters. You saw, you heard an interview about John Waters, didn't you? Even beforehand. Well, what Brian and I were talking about. Now, Brian is uh, in the arts field himself. That's right. Um, so I work at the Halsey Institute of Contemporary Art. Which the is way we met, the Halsey? Halsey Institute, yes. Named okay. after William Halsey, who was an abstract expressionist who taught at the college for a long time. What and college? At College of Charleston. My, my apologies. So... The museum is a part of the college, is a program of the college, and but we focused on contemporary art, 
And our current exhibition we just opened up last week is the, an installation by artist Jennifer Wen Ma, who's based in uh, both New York City and Beijing. And she's created a giant installation of paper garden um, called Cry Joy Park Gardens of Dark and Light. Um, it's a really massive installation and um, it's been really exciting to work with her on it. And, and uh, I, mean, I think it turned out very beautifully as well. So. Okay, and I understand Bryce got to see the exhibition. That's right. He flew down. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't for the exhibition. It was for uh, the shower, our baby shower last, last week. But while Lorna, his wife, was attending that, he popped on down, and I got to show him um, the exhibition, which was great. There are some robotic elements, so there are uh, parts of the sculptures that move towards you. So it was a little bit accessible to him? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So I got to show him one of our spares and uh, show him exactly how we programmed it and how it runs and the sensors and, and all that stuff. So. And I know he mentioned it to us because he enjoyed having an insight yeah. into your work exactly. a little bit. It's always nice. So. I feel like I'm working so hard and then, you know, family never really sees yeah. anything I do. So it was very nice to you. Right. So you guys... It's a great show, but I do have an update on the Keanu Reeves Winona Ryder situation. Okay, and? They got married for real during filming in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and so then there, it, that became like, oh, are they still married? But they're not married for real. They're not like husband and wife, like hanging out. They're, are they legally married? Well, that's an open question. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll resolve that in the there further episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I was in the neighborhood. It's close yeah, to Yeah, okay. All right. Back to John Waters. So what, yeah. read this article about John Waters. Yeah. It's talking about his art collection. Um, which you would imagine is perfectly John Waters. Um, right, John Waters, uh, yeah, movie filmmaker, filmmaker from Baltimore, mm -hmm. uh, really, Pink Flamingos, what exactly. else? It really pushes the envelope. Um, yeah. Did this one called Polyester, which included a scratch and sniff card. So at various times in the Smell movie, yeah, you would have to, you know, actually get the, the sensory. But he's an authentically weird guy. He is, yeah, very weird. And so they talked about his art collection, which exactly. includes. Yeah, includes a uh, Fishley Vice sculpture which is just a pile of dog poop, a fake pile oh, of dog God. poop, which just sits on the floor of his apartment, Sounds which I believe fantastic. was noted that he has to clean that up before the cleaning people come in, otherwise they will throw it out. Well, he has a lot of out. floor art, and he exactly. says cleaning people don't like floor yeah, art. Just right. uh, so he keeps that away, and when he's in town, yeah. he sets it all back out. Exactly. I thought it was interesting that he says, at this point, he's kind of through collecting. Mm -hmm. He he only buys art if he can have it on the wall, if he can have it on display. Exactly. He, yeah. he doesn't want to just hold art. He just yeah. doesn't want to hold, yeah, you know, be owning art. He wants to exactly, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, and it's just perfectly reasonable. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of the article talks about how he bought a Warhol for a hundred bucks back in the '60s, which is, I mean, even if he's not investing, I'm sure he's um, doing quite well. Yeah, right? a portrait of Jackie. Yeah. Oh, Jackie Kennedy. Uh -huh. And uh, and he's bought other Warhols, including one we can't even discuss. <laughs> yes. um, and we're not going to. And right. uh, the Times that, can't, wouldn't even print a picture of it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. uh, so there you have it. An authentically weird guy, but fascinating. Yeah, Wonderful to mm -hmm. hear him talk. Yeah. Um, weird from the get-go. When he was little, he loved uh, car wrecks and his... Mom would take him to junkyards, wow. and he would wander around with her and look at the smashed-up cars. I'm looking at Brian because I bet he would right. enjoy well, it, too. You guys, uh, you guys have to get going? Or I think so, yeah. yeah. So we're going to cut off this awesome segment, time. but I will say I think you may have all, you know, we appreciate having you here, and as a, yeah. party, as a gift, I think take this to Hello Dolly. 
What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's what I'm thinking. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for being here. We'll Thank you. Absolutely. Here, but we'll us. see you uh, at the way. Yeah. We'll see you there. All right. So that was great uh, having the young people with us, right? Sure. We have a few more things we uh, wanted to mention, a few more articles we were reading, including right. one you showed me that was in the New York Times, why the New York Public Library has seven floors of stacks with no books. And so, of course, uh, the uh, New York Public Library is a massive system. They're talking about that enormous building at 42nd Street mm -hmm. uh, off of Bryant Park. Yeah, it's right? a totally impressive building, and it's, it's like a centerpiece of New York City, and you assume that uh, it represents everything uh, that a library should be, right? Right, right. Except Including for one thing. books. Except it's empty. <laughs> okay. Uh, famous for having all these books. Uh, and uh, a few years ago, uh, 2012, uh, most of the books were taken out. Yeah. And that's because the building as it stands is not a good place to store books. No. There are enormous windows that let all kinds of heat and light and moisture in that is destructive uh, to right. books. But the crazy thing is, so you have seven full floors that are empty, except they have these uh, floor-to-ceiling uh, bookshelves made right. of Andrew Carnegie steel with no books on them. Right. And, it, and it's not, there are not going to be any books in them or any other use of that space for, for the foreseeable future. They say it's not really feasible to um, kind of rework yeah. those uh, floors to modern standards so it's a little bit for of, the storage it's a little of, bit of a shelf, books. Really, it's a little shelf. I mean, and and mainly th there's a lot of use of digital material yeah. now, right? And uh, it's not that the books are gone, sold or anything. They're in storage. They're in storage, mostly in New Jersey. Right. We're okay. Here. So within 24 hours, if you call up a book, it uh, can get to you within 24 hours at the reading room in New York, right. but it's not in the building. Right. Now, not everybody's thrilled about that. They say a library should have books. And this library, Daniel, had everything. Everything. Well, I saw including that. Including... All the Vogue article, all the Vogue magazines. Every Vogue magazine. Result. Every uh, phone book from all over the country. Really? Yes, oh, all the phone Why books, um, collectible comic books, underground literature from the Soviet Union, a, the first printed collection of Shakespeare, copy of the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, uh, but uh, it's just not a great place to be storing these 11 million books and 40 million documents, photos, and research materials. Uh, so... You know, the facility in New Jersey is purpose-built, according to modern standards, to maintain that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, But, you know, what do you use that space for? Right now, it's empty, people say. Uh, part of the reason it's empty is, you're right, it's got stacks in it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's empty rooms that you could be holding parties in. Mm -hmm. It would have to be reworked or whatever. But uh, shocking to have... Uh, a library with yeah. no books, and shocking to have seven floors of midtown empty space. Yeah, crazy. Uh, so uh, All right. well, we'll see what of, happens. Yeah. Speaking, of, and there was an article about salt mines. We've talked about salt mines before. We're talking about what were we talking about? Spas that were the salt mine, and there was no. We went to a salt mine in Bogota, right outside of Bogota, um, and we marveled at what a really awful place it must have been. 
Torque. Torque it. Okay. <laughs> it's called so working in the salt mines. Right. Your parents negative was, uh, yeah. connotations. Yeah, I always had a boring, tedious job. Yeah. Uh, you know, back to the salt mines. Right. Okay. Uh, but here in Salahorsk, Belarus, yeah. there's a salt mine that currently is the home for the National Speleotherapy Clinic. Uh, so you can actually go in the salt mines and it's a health treatment. Now we've read about spa situations where you go in a room and it's lined with salt and it's supposed to be uh, therapeutic for you. But here you can actually go in uh, to the salt mine. You can spend the night if you like. And uh, supposedly it uh, improves your health in many, many ways um, because it's, you know, it's free from all contaminants like pollen, uh, you know, and other, you know, invisible uh because contaminants is the word mm -hmm. from our life above ground. Mm -hmm. Okay, and people say, especially people st uh, suffering from allergies uh, and etc., that they go down there, they spend the night, or they spend six hours. You can also just spend six hours and you know uh, hang out there and come out, and uh, they say it uh, dramatically improves their lives. Yeah, good. Mostly, it's uh, people from Belarus who are doing it, because <laughs> the cost is included, is paid for by their national health care. Ah, well, then you go. Okay, so that helps. Yeah. And Russians, mm -hmm. uh, who are currently paying uh, $1,000 for a two-week stay. Well, um, I don't know. So, one American has been there. And? and seem to think it was okay. But it has yet to really... They don't want tourists. They want people who seriously want to be healed. All right. Uh, I, I'm skeptical. I'm really... So another, um, you know, in Bogota, they were promoting uh, the salt mine as a tourist attraction with the cathedral, okay? And in Belarus, they're promoting it as a, uh, a health venue. Yeah, well, you got the salt mines. You got to do something with them. You know, they used to uh, store nuclear material in salt mines. They still do that. Well, and of course, the, there was the famous the art. The Nazis uh, hid yeah, put the, art. Yeah. the stolen art right. in the salt mines. Yeah, to keep okay. things fresh. So not to rub salt in oh, a wound. Oh God, yeah. But uh, I feel like I feel like I'm not seeing the Bucks in the final. Uh, MBF uh, playoff. Yeah, the MBF. The MBF. <laughs> well, first of all, let's, we have to go back. To I'm hockey. no longer fearing. Let me set this. Let me set. You're right about that. Apparently, Raptors yeah. top deer. Yeah. Well, look, there, there's two stories. We now have the final set in both hockey and, and basketball. I don't want to neglect hockey. And what's interesting about this is that it's the Bruins, Boston Bruins, I should say, against the St. Louis Blues in hockey. And what's startling about that is that. At the beginning of the season and much of the season, the St. Louis Blues were the last place team in the NHL. And what do I mean by that? It the last place this yeah, year. But there are many leagues, understand. There are 31 teams in the NHL. They had the worst record in the NHL at the 45% of the season mark. That's, okay. that's bad. This smells like the Mets, doesn't it? Well, the, it shows you that the, the Mets, never the Mets really are in good position. Well, the Mets, uh, you can't give up on these teams. That's the point. You can't give up. They would have, a lot of people would have given up on, on the St. Louis Blues, and there they are now in the finals against the Boston Bruins, and who knows, they might win. So we'll see. No prediction there, because uh, as you like to point out, once in a while my predictions fail, and uh, we have the NBA final, who does not fear the dear Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they played last night. Granger, did you watch that game at all? Yes, I saw a lot of the uh, second half. Yeah, so did I, and the Bucks deserve to lose. 
You know, I will tell what you. That, what happened? They fall asleep because I fell asleep. Yeah. Game. <laughs> Somehow they stayed awake, even though you fell asleep. But the truth is, every once in a while you watch Giannis and uh, you say, you know, he didn't grow up playing basketball. He does some things that someone growing up playing basketball would not do. Uh, he does. He does. He does some things wonderful, wonderfully well as a natural athlete, and some things wonderfully poorly as someone who does, hasn't played much basketball. But maybe so, he's, you know, maybe it's the child prodigy situation. He's growing into the role. He'll get better. Is it possible he'll mature more? Oh yes. Be, oh uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. But right now, I think I'm just looking at Granger one way or another. Wouldn't you say that Kawhi Leonard, the star of Toronto, right now is a better basketball player than Giannis? Yes, he's a more complete player, but I think that uh, Kawhi is also just like a very one-on-one player, and Giannis is a very good team player. But the uh, sometimes the game slows down, and becomes different in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. The playoffs are a lot more half-court basketball. And, and Giannis is a fast-break guy, and, and but yeah. the, they should have made more of an effort to get the ball out and run. Yeah, Kawhi can dribble better. Kawhi can do pick and roll. Kawhi can shoot better. That's the Kawhi big thing. He can shoot better. Giannis is not a great shooter. Why they set up Giannis so far from the basket, I don't understand. But well, I, th- I think the coach failed to adapt to the situation they were in, saying to himself, like, okay, we've been having a very successful season. We're going to do what we do yeah. instead of adapting to the current opponent, which is playing a zone against Giannis. Yeah. All right. So they lost out. It might have worked out better, but it didn't. They've gone fishing, as Granger reminds me, one says when someone gets knocked out of the playoffs. So we will ease out of the With podcast. With our favorite version of Gone Fishing. That's Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong singing Gone Fishing. Uh, Meanwhile, we, we're going to a wedding. We're going to a wedding. So here we go. But if we go Tamsin fishing, this would be a lovely place to do it. Greenville, South Carolina. Tamsin Granger, Dan Abuhoff. See you again next week. At Tamsin, Dan, read the paper. i tell you why I can't find you. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing. Oh, you know. Well, there's a sign upon your door. Uh-huh. Gone fishing. I'm real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore. Could be. There's your hole out in the sun where you left a row half done. You claim that hoeing ain't no fun. But I can prove it. You ain't got no ambition. Gone fishing. By a shady, weighty pool. Shangri-La. Really la. <laughs> I'm wishing I could be that kind of fool. Shall I twist your arm? I'd say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door I'd hang a sign. Gone fishing. Instead of just a wishing. Papa Bing, I've stopped by your place a time or two lately, and you aren't home either. Well, I'm a busy man, Louie. I got a lot of big deals cooking. I was probably tied up at the studio. You aren't tied up, you dog. You was just playing old gone fishing. There's a sign upon your door. Pops, don't blab it around, will you? Gone fishing. Keep it shady. I got me a big one staked out. Ain't working anymore. I don't have to work. I got me a piece of Gary. Cows need milking in the barn. I have the twins on that detail. They each take a side. But you just don't give a darn. Give them four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just never seem to learn. Man, you taught me. You ain't got no ambition. You're convincing me. Gone fishing. Got your hound dog by your side. That's old Cindy Lou going with me. Gone fishing. Mm-hmm. 
a biting at his hide. Get away from me, boys, you bother me. Folks won't find us now because Mr. Satch and Mr. Cross, we gone fishing instead of just a wishing. Bop, baby, bop, 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 bop,